2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, final hour of the late Show, News Talk 830 WCCO. The news that broke about three hours ago was the news that Dean Ebison was out as the head coach of the Minnesota Wild. And uh, for maybe some of us out there, it was mm, a little bit of a surprise. I don't want to say shocked. I mean, the team had lost seven consecutive games but uh, look, the biggest, by far the biggest Minnesota Wild fan, hockey fan on this station, Vanita Sakar, host of the morning news with uh, Vanita Sakar. She joins us now here on the Lake Show to uh, to give her reaction to the news that broke several hours ago. First off, Vanita, um, when you heard that Dean Evison was uh, no longer head coach of the Minnesota Wild, first thoughts.
0: You know, thank you for having me on your show, Henry. I appreciate it. Um, it's one of those things where you're not surprised, but you're surprised. You knew they were going to have to do something. It was a free fall, you know, and it and at some point, you can't do much with the players. You've locked in these older players. You've got the salary cap issue with Parisi and Suter, that money for the next two years. There's not that much they can do. And it's kind of like, I'm going to use a hockey analogy. It's like when a team pulls a goalie, Uh, And the goalie may be playing poorly, but you need to to do something to shake up the team. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's what they need to turn things around. And I can get why Garen is doing this. You know, he's got to do something. They can't just sit here and watch them continue to lose. I don't know how much it's going to do or change to help the team. But at some point as a GM, you've also got to look for your own job. I'm sure, you know, Billy Garen's thinking, okay, if it's not him, it could be me. (laughs) And so what happens? Yeah, you
2: know? yeah, I'm totally with you. And this is the quote from uh, Bill Guerin, the, uh, the Wild general manager. Dean did an excellent job during his tenure with the Minnesota Wild, especially as head coach of our team. I am very thankful for his hard work and dedication to our organization. Did you like Dean Everson?
0: I did. You know, uh, we I'm a season ticket holder. I, I have share with a group of people. And over the years, like you'd see him after a game just walk in the tunnel or something, just, you know, leaving the game. And just a cool guy. You know, and those – I just, I liked his style. He was fiery. I mean, you saw him on the bench. Some of that video where he was punching, you know, Darby Hendrickson when they would win, you know, and people would just, you know, almost knock people over. I liked that fire. I liked the expressions on his faces. And I think he's well liked, generally well liked, not a bad guy. Yeah. Um, and he had some real success, you know, as the head of the. I mean, he really, I just don't know what happened this year. Yeah. What happened to Kaprizov? What happened to Boldy? And you saw Dean Evison talk after game and you could see he was starting to point some fingers and say, Come on, I mean, what is it a, a coach has to do to get someone like that Matt Boldy to produce like he has in the past?
2: Well, you know, and, and you just mentioned that he had some success. I mean he one forty seven, seventy seven, and twenty seven. That, that that's a successful record with the with Dean Evison as the head coach of the Minnesota Wild. but you know and I know that at the end of the day, especially in professional sports If you're struggling and you have a massive losing streak the way that they did, even though you've had uh, some relative success as the head coach of this organization, if you don't have that postseason success, they're going to move on.
0: Yeah, but here's the reality: we're not going to be in the postseason. We're going to be one and done again. We because of that salary cap issue, you yeah. know, and we're not going to get the premiere. And we do have some good players, but for yeah. some reason, there are missing pieces. Special teams has really been. God, Henry, I was at that Dallas game where they lost eight to three. That was horrendous. I. Yeah never seen the wild play so poorly and you just look at it and go god you know it's not like all their players are bad some of them are really good players i don't know what is missing and why this downward spiral and you're right you have to do something as a gm you got to shake things up i i'm just bummed i i liked dean Edison, but i get it i get this is a business you got to do things and like i said it's like pulling the goalie it might inspire and fire up this team to change its
2: ways. Uh, John Hines, he previously had coached the Nashville Predators (laughs) and the New Jersey Devils. Anything uh, that you uh, have any insight or perspective on John Hines? Because I got to be honest, I mean, I know they made a change, but I'm not going to sit here and act as though like I know much about John Hines.
0: Oh sure, sure, totally. Uh, well, and it's not to be mistaken with the guy who filled in for me on Friday. <laughs> Already, Jason DeRusha yeah has been making those jokes about that. Yeah, Hines I'm with like, the Y. Dude.
2: Hines with the Y. Yes.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, he just—he's been fired from jobs. I don't know if he's like the the big savior coming in and and going to be able to do a lot for the team. He did go to my alma mater and won a championship with Boston University. So there you go. There's a little bit of that back in uh, his college days. But it's not like he's had, you know, a huge amount of success either. I don't know what is going to be so different, but here's the deal. He has a relationship and a past uh, with, you know, Billy Guerin knowing him and being, you know, Billy Guerin has seen him and has been on teams uh, where he has managed him, like I think it was uh, in Wilkes-Barre, uh, and maybe in the Pittsburgh system, so there's there's that past he has with Billy Garen. So there's that, you know, maybe they have a good relationship and a working relationship that they can maybe work together to to do something with this team. But I don't necessarily think Dean Evison and, and Billy Garen had a bad relationship. They even it was last week, I think Billy Garen was expressing confidence in Dean Evison. and when I. I got the opportunity to sit in uh, Craig Leopold's suite the first preseason game. He invited beat writers, and somehow I got on a list to be in his suite and we got to talk to him after the. First, I know I, I'm like, why am I here? You know, <laughs> everyone looked at me like, why is she here? Uh, but it was nice, and so I got to talk to him after the first period. And you know, he he understood as the owner of the team what this situation is with the cap. You know, and. The whole Parisi suitor deal and the ramifications of that, and how long this is going to last. But he said he said to us right there, "This is not a rebuilding year. We're not approaching it as a rebuilding year." Um, and but you know now you wonder it is kind of you know I don't know how how they will snap out of it. I, I it's just frustrating Henry as a fan I love this team you know and I love going to games and I know I know I know Patrick Royce picked them as the turkey of the year on (laughs) Thanksgiving um, making fun of us fans for following this team but I still love going and everything about the wild I I just as a fan you just shake your head and just go what is going on you know but you hope maybe maybe this will be the thing Henry I don't know
2: yeah we'll see uh, Vanita, always a pleasure to have you on my show, and I will talk to you uh, tomorrow, roughly right around seven forty.
0: You are the best to get up early and join us every morning. I so appreciate you, and thank you for including me on your show. I hope I didn't babble too much. <laughs> I'm just my head spinning thinking about it. Just no, nah, I want, I want, mean? I
2: wanted to have you on because the Wild, that's your squad, <laughs> and I wanted to get your uh, your reaction because everybody's going to have a reaction to because uh, this is a big time story. It's the big time news of the day.
0: It's so true. Thank you so much. As the Blues come to town tomorrow, we'll
2: happen All right, take care. That's Vinita Sakar. Check her out each and every morning right here on News Talk 830 WCCO, host of the morning news with Vinita Sakar. All right, uh, 651-461-9226. You know what today is, right? Today is Cyber Monday. What did Josh buy me on a Cyber Monday? We get to that next year on election. There are technically, what, three and a half more hours left of Cyber Monday. What am I missing out on? What is something that I need to partake in or buy from? Is there a website? Um, is there a certain store, um, site that I need to be going to? 651-461-9226. It's Cyber Monday, and I feel like I'm dealing with FOMO. Fear missing out. I have not bought a thing today on Cyber Monday. So I need to buy something. Josh, what did you buy me? Uh, a three-hour radio show.
1: Hmm. <laughs> I've To be fair, I've been kicking the can down the road all for the last 24 hours. I've been trying to look at these deals. I Are you just, serious? I, I just have not looked. I just have not dove
2: into it yet. So – this is the thing about. I still, about, have, I still have to midnight. Yeah, you got till midnight. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna do a little shopping. Hopefully, once yeah. I get off the air yeah. at nine o'clock, so we got we got time, oh, yeah, right? For sure. But where should I go? Like, let me ask you this: Going into Cyber Monday, were mm-hmm. there things that you were thinking about over the weekend, and you said, "I am curious to see if out of stroll, throw as a, what Nike is gonna um have for sale, or what J. Crew is gonna have for sale, or what Best Buy is gonna have for sale." Because I know you probably get the emails. Oh yeah, I get the emails too. I, I probably have gotten—I don't know how many hundreds of emails I've gotten all <laughs> yes. this weekend about yeah, Cyber Monday, Cyber Monday, Cyber Monday. Yeah, I haven't bought a a thing nope. on any of the websites.
1: I haven't bought. I, I honestly have not really stepped foot in a whole lot of stores in the last uh, seventy-two hours, and I haven't really gone on a lot of. I've I've dove into like the fanatics stuff and. Kind of took a peek at some of the sales. They always have great sales on around um, Cyber Monday on, on sports gear. So I always try and do that with the fanatics and shields and stuff like that. So uh, that's usually my go-to when it comes to black uh, or excuse me, Cyber Monday. But yeah, I kind of agree with you. I I usually try and wait it out because Black Friday usually is. Black Friday isn't. I think we talked about this on Friday. You and I did. Black Friday isn't Black Friday anymore. It's like a week or two long like they've kind of stretched black friday deals out to hey we have a lot of inventory let's put this on sale for a couple weeks and get more sales out of it instead of all right black friday ends at midnight friday night it's not it's not that way anymore it just hasn't been that way for a while
2: so how do you go about the business of cyber monday and the uh, black friday are you all about I got to do this for all the other people I'm buying for? Or do you like to take advantage of those days for items that you've been eyeing for yourself for maybe some time and you want to get it at a a cheaper cost? I'll
1: sprinkle the self items in here and there. But for the most part, I try and seek out as many deals as I can for people I'm buying for. I'm more of – I'm 1,000% a buy gifts for other people kind of person in the holidays. I don't really – I just don't like buying stuff for myself. I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I barely go out and buy myself like new, like I, I, I'm very. Every few months, I'll go out and buy myself like new underwear and socks. I I just don't like buying, going shopping for myself in general. Even mm-hmm. if it isn't like, even if it's something as huge as Cyber Monday or Black Friday, I'm just not much of a buying for myself person. So mm-hmm. I usually leave it up to other people to buy me. Like if I if I need like a pair of winter boots.
2: Christmas list (laughs) I'm pretty simple like that I guess I don't know see I'm the person that I don't have a ton of people to buy for okay like when when, this time of year I have less than I'll ballpark it and say I have about eight people to buy for yeah about the same yep so you got about the same
1: yeah yeah it's I mean I I, my wife and I used to have a family trees we have more so family shrubs now so that's kind of what we're (laughs) what we're boiled down to
2: unfortunately all right so so this is this is the magic question though who is the hardest person in your life to buy a Christmas present for uh well I'm gonna for not- me it's my dad
1: okay I'm gonna probably say hmm. can I count myself because I'm no, nope, I can't count okay. yourself. Uh, I'll just say my wife that's the easy answer because she can be difficult to buy things for <laughs> but I, I 1000% am a disaster when it comes to buying gifts for me. Like, I, besides the simple, like, you know, Raisin Cain's gift card or Target gift card, like, that's easy. That's like almost a get out of jail free card with a lot of people, I think, for holiday shopping. Is like, oh, i let's give them a Target gift card. They'll use it.
2: <laughs> My dad is the hardest person to buy stuff for. Mm-hmm. And the simple reason why he is. Is because every single year I will say, Dad, what do you want for Christmas? Because that, I mean, this is how I go about it. I, yeah. I ask my sister or I ask my dad, whatever. And this is what my dad says every single year oh, I don't need any, anything. Yes. It's like, Dad, it's not about it. Yeah. I didn't say, Did you need something? Yeah. What do you want? That's the question. I don't want anything. He, he, that's every single year. Gosh. Are
1: you so Adam and Jordan actually did this to, this as a talker earlier today? Are you a team Christmas list? Like, give me a give me a list of things you want, or are you a I'm going to surprise them with a gift kind of person? Like, would you rather? No, surprise I want to know. Okay,
2: now I'm not I'm not a surprise person because because I'm so so. Hear me out on this. Yeah, I am not a surprise other people with a gift person. Because that's not me. Yeah. If somebody and I know this is going to come across as like you don't, uh, you're not grateful. I'm grateful. Okay. I told totally them grateful. Yeah. But if someone buys me something, and they're just guessing, a lot of times it doesn't work out. So, so like for instance, I this is this is just a, it's 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 a me thing. Don't buy me clothes unless <laughs> yeah. unless specifically you know it's something I want. Don't buy it for me. That's the hardest thing to do for anyone is to buy them clothes. It's so if, tif- I don't know it's what so their difficult. style is. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like,
1: what? And, and here's where I lie on it. And you mentioned your, your, your eating change that you've made right now. Yep. I'm trying to really, 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 especially in the last week and, and going forward from here on out, really trying to hammer the weight loss stuff. And that's tough to do as far as buying clothes and not knowing what size people are. I don't want people buying me 3X when I'm not going to be a 3X, hopefully, cross my fingers, in a month. So I want to be able to lose that weight and be like, oh, yeah, XL, 2XL will do. But, yeah, I, I, it's especially around this time, it's tough. You know, especially because it's cold out. You never know like, what you'll need for, for clothes. But, like, it's uh, it's it's tough when it comes to sizes.
2: Yeah. No, I'm totally with you. 651-461-9226. Two, two, uh, by the way, from the 651, they said that you can buy me some online fruit.
0: That's, I was gonna say
2: that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could buy me some, but yeah, I, I don't. To me, I'm not that person where I'm trying to buy people clothing because I don't want people buying me clothing unless they specifically know that this is an item that I want. For sure. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just too. It's just a tricky thing to do. But like you, but like you
1: said, it's all about the style thing. It's it's, it's about not. It, and, it's and, about. and it never, it never.
2: Like half the time, it doesn't work out.
1: Yeah. It's uh, it's it's about trying to figure out what somebody likes. I, I just stay far away from the closest thing as possible. Uh, even if I think, even 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 with my wife, even if I think she'll like it, I've had a lot of misses when it comes to like. All right, this is gonna, you know, here's a two X hoodie in women's size because that's about an XL in men's. Didn't work. <laughs> like that's kind of how it just works. Unfortunately, with with sizes and buying people stuff is you just don't know sizes. You don't know. Styles and that's I think that's almost like one of those ri- unwritten
2: laws of buying Christmas stuff is don't buy clothes. Is there a memorable gift that you got for Christmas that you'll never forget? Hmm. When your parents, when you were a kid, not at the top of my head. My memory
1: is not the best, but yeah, I, I'm sure I'll think of something. I, I'm I'm trying to think back of what the best one I got, but I I really, really cannot think of it. Can't think of it.
0: <laughs>
2: Anything that was a toy back in the day, I loved.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: I mean, seriously. Especially the video games. Yeah. Whether it was Atari <laughs> or uh, uh PlayStation or what was before PlayStation, Sega Genesis, yeah, yeah. all that yeah. stuff, any of that stuff that I could get when I was a kid, all about it, man. Yeah. Those are the things that you just never, ever, ever. And now now that my family's
1: living in Oklahoma, honestly, and this is gonna sound super cheesy and cliche. I just want to be able to go see them. But unfortunately, you know, 12 hours is a long way to drive in the
2: winter. (laughs) So I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. All right, 651-461-9226. Coming up next, Stephen Miller. Remember him? The former White House advisor to Donald Trump? He is calling NASCAR, NASCAR, racist. NASCAR, of all sports, racist. Wait till you hear why. We get to that next year on Election I love this. It's a nice little banger right here. All right, welcome back to the Lake Show, News Talk 830 WCCO. Uh, This is kind of um, an unbelievable story. But I guess when it's Stephen Miller, it, it shouldn't be a shock. So the former White House advisor to Donald Trump, he is calling NASCAR. NASCAR, of all of these sports operations out there, organizations, He's calling NASCAR racist. According to Bloomberg law, a conservative legal group um, called America First Legal, led by Stephen Miller, is accusing NASCAR of discriminating against white men. NASCAR and a racing team the organization supports to develop female and minority drivers are the target of this conservative legal group's offensive against corporate diversity initiatives. Okay, so it's the entity is called America First Legal. They have asked the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission to investigate NASCAR and Rev Racing for, quote, illegal discrimination against white male Americans. Over the past year, AFL has accused more than a dozen companies, Morgan Stanley, Major League Baseball, McDonald's, Starbucks, of having discriminatory diversity, equity, and inclusion programs. The group claimed that NASCAR and RevRacing's DEI programs, including its diversity driver development program, diversity pit crew development program, and the NASCAR diversity internship program, violate the Civil Rights Act of nineteen sixty four, which prohibits discrimination based on race and sex. <sighs> Stephen Miller, come on, bro, what what, what are you what are we what are we doing here? You and I and everybody all over the world knows that NASCAR is not racist towards white men. It's, a, it's not. To even make that proclamation is, is silly at best. To even make that claim. Now, NASCAR has one black driver in the Cup Series. That's Bubba Wallace. One. Is he claiming that that's discriminatory towards white men? Just one non-American Mexican driver, Daniel Suarez, racing full-time in the Cup Series. It also has no women Cup drivers since Danica Patrick retired in 2018 with the Daytona 500. Stephen Miller, come on. I I get that that you're trying to do this thing, but don't try to do this thing. Because it's not going to work. I mean, just saying that, and filing this frivolous <laughs> this this frivolous suit—it's just ridiculous. Let me ask you this: because mm-hmm. how old are you? Thirty-one. Are you a fan of NASCAR? Uh, passively, I used to
1: watch it all the time as a kid. They changed it, put it, put these weird like phases in. They used to do it just three hundred laps nonstop, keep going. Yeah, because you got the points and, now and all the stuff. Now. now they chop it up into phases, and I, it, it's. Like like many, steered me away. Okay,
2: all right. So 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 for me, I actually I don't have an issue with that. Yeah. But I'm one of those. I'm gonna look at the bigger races and yeah. the ones where you know people typically. I'm a fan of NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're 31. I'm um, yep. I'm 50. Okay, yep. we're, we're both fans of NASCAR. I'm not gonna sit here and say I watch every race because I don't. No. And you don't either.
1: Nope.
2: Have you ever been to a NASCAR race?
1: I have not. Uh I went. I know they used to do NASCAR races at the fair. Back in the day, they did like... I well, believe- those
2: are NASCAR. Those were like some there, other type of It was like Spring Cup or
1: something. Yeah, it was, it was something less of NASCAR. But yeah, I've, I've been to a race, but not NASCAR. No. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So so, so my, my point is is this. I have been to, in my lifetime, I have been to about six races. Okay. Okay? And it's so much fun. Oh, if, if, if you talk about a family-friendly f- event, yeah. totally do the NASCAR thing. Anybody out there that's listening, if 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 you want to do something really cool with your son or daughter and you and you want to get up close and personal and come across a driver or two, I mean it is the coolest behind the scenes you get the hot passes oh yeah and you go in there it's the coolest thing ever once I got a chance I ended up walking past Joe Gibbs Joe Gibbs this is during the race now oh, now wow. granted I had. Media credentials. Yeah. I could get in and out of places where, but no. But if you had a hot pass that night, you could have. You could have seen Joe Gibbs too. Yeah. My point is, it's super awesome. It's super cool. It's a different type of sports experience. Mm-hmm. But when when you're um when you've been to a NASCAR race, I don't think that people, anybody that's smart, halfway intelligent, that understands sports environments and just understands race in America, would say that NASCAR is discriminatory towards white men at all. I mean, you see Confederate flags. Yeah. I would say that in the the percentage of minorities that are at a NASCAR event, maybe 3 to 4%. Yeah. Like I felt like I was the only black guy there. I wasn't the only one, no. but but I didn't I didn't feel like I didn't feel like I wasn't wanted. I didn't feel like you know I, I didn't I wasn't in fear or anything like that. It was a fun time. Yeah, I've enjoyed it all all the times I've been. You know, one of the coolest things about the times that I've been to the Kansas Speedway is that typically at least one of the races they'll have like it'll be on the bye week for the uh, like the the Sprint Cup. It'll be on the. Um, um, the bye week for like the Chiefs, and so the Chiefs players and stuff would like show up. Yeah, and he'd be like super cool. I once met um, the Hall of Famer uh, Gail Sayers, mm-hmm. Gail Sayers, at the uh, the Kansas Speedway. So I don't think that anybody can sit there with any knowledge of NASCAR and any knowledge of what diversity and inclusion is, and say that NASCAR is being racist towards, discriminatory towards white men. <laughs> Because you want to be able to put more eyeballs on NASCAR, to have it be more open and inclusive for a uh, 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 for more people, that helps NASCAR. Yeah, I remember years ago. This is early two thousands. I went to Houston, uh, Houston, Texas, and we, while we were in Houston, we we're out and about, and we went into this store that had, it was a clothing store that had. Uh, a mix of like hip hop clothing, mm-hmm. but also NASCAR stuff. Yeah, you know what I walked out with a Jeff Gordon jacket. There we go, and and you know why? Because I had seen it promoted from some hip hop stars. Yeah, and it made it appealing. So 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 that was like early two thousands, probably maybe like two thousand two or three. But to think that that we're sitting here in twenty twenty three. And that NASCAR is discriminatory towards white men? Just come on. man. Yeah. Uh, Looking at this stat here from – and this is
0: from
1: May of last year, uh, year, 2022. uh, There are only three drivers from black or minority backgrounds competing in the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, It's Bubba Wallace, who is black, Eric uh, Eric Almirola, who is Cuban-American, and Daniel Suarez, who is Mexican-American. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, not really – that's that's a very small number compared to a Caucasian racers.
2: And how many teams are are um, are owned by African Americans? We know that who put an investment into NASCAR, Michael Jordan, right? I don't think that anything that Stephen Miller has presented in terms of his case to say it's discriminatory is going to hold up at all. I think that the but I think what's happened is with this entire situation, the fact that he's brought this and thrown this into the, you know, into the atmosphere, he's th- thrown out there and, 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 you know, media like myself yeah. is mentioning it. I think that that's just the biggest thing that he's trying to do is get people to talk about it. And he's accomplished that. I- I'm talking about it. I look at it. I say It's ridiculous. But I think that that's what he wants to happen is have that conversation about now, are you how, talking how about, racist NASCAR is.
1: When you say teams, do you mean owners, like people who own? in terms of owners? So they did. I remember I see a story about this and I actually remember this from February of twenty two. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys like Michael Jordan and Floyd Mayweather started or bought ownership in t- teams. There was four total black owners for okay. the Daytona five hundred in February of twenty two. So uh, and I didn't know of, about Floyd. Uh, yeah, Floyd Floyd was one of the one of the cup one of the few that bought into it and uh they definitely are trying to shift, according to one of the New York racing team uh leaders, John Cohen, says they're trying to NASCAR is overall trying to shift towards more in, in inclusiveness in uh NASCAR when it comes to other racial backgrounds. Which is cool. I, I think it's a long time
2: coming, honestly. I'll say this. On the list of things that I would advise you to do, go to a NASCAR race. Yeah, I'm I'm dead serious. I, I want to go to another one at Probably some go point. To Vegas
1: or something. I yeah. want
2: I want to go to a different track outside of the Kansas Speedway because that's the only one I've ever been to. Okay, but I definitely want to go to a race. Now I, I'll tell you something that I saw on television. I don't know how well it did. It just didn't seem like it was that exciting. Did you see the uh, the F1 the Formula Series thing in in Vegas? It. It, it did not. It was, come it was all well. smoke.
1: It was all smoke. Honestly, it, it, there was not. It, it came and gone. I, I think.
2: I think <laughs> they meant for it to be like yeah.
1: super exciting and amazing. And granted, this is year one of I think nine. Like they they'll they can build on this and work on how to better promote it and better. But which they promoted it a lot. Which I don't know how much better they can do as far as promoting it because F one's just not in in this country.
2: Um, but what I'm saying is, is I don't think that the Vegas one. They're going to have to do something about the Vegas one. Well, I've yeah. got friends that went to the Miami one, yeah. and they loved it. Yeah. Like, it was – I mean, even some of the pictures and video that I've seen of the Miami stuff, off the charts. I watched a little bit of it on TV. Yeah, it, it, Ma- Max Verstappen, who is the pretty much yep. the, the, the
1: be-all end all of F1 racing right now, is he, he pretty much said, like, the Vegas – the problem with the Vegas thing is it was all for – the glitz and glamour—it was not a ideal. As far as the, the track racing. goes, not ideal for F one racing. It, it, he pretty much said this is this at the in the end, this was literally all for the pictures, the the stunning views, everything like that. It, it had the race the the track itself was not good.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would love to go to a NASCAR race somewhere else. The other things that I would like to go to at some particular point is I would love to go to the Kentucky Derby. I've never been. Everybody knows I love horse racing. Oh, yeah. At some point, I'd love to get that done. Kentucky's right. a great time of year in, uh, in May, for sure. 651-461-9226. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Final segment up next. All right, welcome back. Final segment here at the Lake Show News Talk, 830 WCCO. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Josh has been around a, a few times. I should have I, should've, I should've mentioned this to you in the break. I'm sorry. You, you forgot. Final segment of the show. We always play the Miles Davis. Oh, I'll, I'll
1: roll that. I just was trying to keep it
2: upbeat because this Vikings game is keeping me down. Nah, man, you got to play. You got to play it coming out of break. That's how we do this. That's I got you. Do this that's how we do this. Um, yeah, the, the, the Vikings game is, is pretty bad tonight. It's still three three. They just kicked it off here to start the uh, the second half. Want to get to one text uh, from the uh, Cities One Plumbing talking text line six five one four six one nine two two six. Love your show. Listen on Alexa from Arizona. Appreciate it. From Minneapolis, but moved here on eight from from Minneapolis, but moved here on eighteen. I think it's when they were eighteen when twins uh, went to college. Uh, nothing to add, but appreciate your mentioning about loneliness. Grew up in nine person kid family, Minneapolis, and raised four kids. Nineteen ninety one these uh, has got in here, 2017. I don't know what the correlation is. Not elderly, only 61, but with kids gone, grown, and working all the time, many of us spend Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter alone. It's okay, but it's ju- it's not just seniors, 75 to 80. Many folks live alone. Keep up the great work, 50 year WCCO listener from across the U.S. Now, well, I look, thank you so much. For, first off, for being a loyal, faithful, longtime listener. Truly do appreciate that. But yeah, that's that's real. That 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 that's that's the reality of it, is that there are a lot of people out there that spend the holidays alone. That's why when I was living in Kansas City, I say the the majority of the holidays, I came back home. It's not a long drive, five and a half hours, six hours tops. I would just come back home, whether it was Thanksgiving or Christmas, and just be here amongst family and friends and then go back to Kansas City. I spent, in Kansas City, I spent two, I was there five and a half years. I spent two Thanksgivings there. The rest of them were here. Christmas time, I spent every Christmas here, every one, with the exception of one when I was in Montego Bay, Jamaica. So I totally get it. Like the holiday season it it's one thing to be single or alone or be somewhere where you don't have family or whatever, but during the holiday season it becomes more pronounced. Yeah, for sure.
1: That's I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of like I mentioned earlier, I'm I'm kind of dealing with the struggle of this is the first time my family's been more than 5 hours away, so it's not quite in reach as far as being able to spend the holidays with them. So like I'm looking at flights, I'm looking at you know, maybe what is the gas going to cost? And it's just like, I don't think I can make it work. And it's well, you, one your of family endo- is
2: how many hours away from here?
1: Uh, Twelve, if I just go through, like right straight. So through it's 12 a twelve-hour drive yeah. to your family. Yep.
2: And you have no family here? Not really. No, okay. it's
1: pretty pretty much empty outside of my wife's family, which we obviously are going to do holidays and stuff with.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but like. That's just 50% of it. There's the other half. So it's like – it's it's definitely a struggle uh, to kind of have to deal with one of those adult lessons in life that you just
2: kind of have to learn where distance kind of becomes a factor. So, And like I mentioned earlier, I think that one of the coolest things, at least for me from an experience standpoint, was being here one holiday season. And although I got food from my aunt, my dad wasn't here. He mm-hmm. was uh, – down in Arkansas, yeah, I was able to go to a church, and I was able to, for one hour, I was able to, to, to cook, yeah. help prepare something. Actually, it was like 90 minutes. And then the other 90 minutes, it was cleaning, and you're doing it all for the homeless. For those people less fortunate, for those out there that typically would not be able to get a meal. Dude, that was one of the most rewarding Thanksgivings. I've ever had. You feel good about yourself. Yeah. That's uh,
1: that's one of the best parts of the holiday, especially when you become an adult, is being, being able to kind of do more of that outreach stuff with the community and with people that aren't as fortunate enough to enjoy the holidays. We talked about it earlier. The, uh, serving the seniors with a holiday, holiday season and being able to provide them some sense of, uh, you know, I guess comfort and uh, community. In a time where a lot of people are just darn right lonely this time of year,
2: yeah, so I totally get it, man and, and there was something else that 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 I was thinking about last week on Thanksgiving day mm-hmm. so on Thanksgiving day, I was traveling to go pick up a banana pudding from my from my cousin, right? She lives in South Minneapolis. yeah. and so here I am driving down lake Street. And I see a woman, and I'm assuming her daughter was a young kid. They were walking up to McDonald's. And I remember like a, years ago, I was that person that was like, why do people go to fast food on a holiday? Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, But that was young me mature older me understands that not everybody's blessed man not everybody can afford the N- nice meals not everybody has ha- you know has the money to have a thanksgiving meal not everybody has family not everybody has whatever yeah to be able to do that i saw the smile on that little girl's face it told me everything about that particular moment For that sure. little girl was thankful and happy to have anything on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And that's why, like, when younger me was like, would ask that question. But then when you start thinking about life and you think about being thankful for what you do have and being grateful, right? Yeah. One thing that I always love are all of the places that are open on Thanksgiving. Because just being open gives somebody out there that's less than an opportunity to be able to go Get some food.
1: Yeah, and, it, and there, I, I applaud the restaurants that do. Me too. Uh, even given the even given the staffing struggles that restaurants still face, even after COVID and just even before COVID, it was an issue where they just didn't have enough bodies in the restaurants to keep things going. And I applaud them for making it work. Uh, honestly, there's not enough uh, praise that's given out to the you know food service people that are open during the holidays that are able to provide a chance for people to eat and have a meal that they can afford when. Either they just don't have family to eat with, or they just simply can't afford it and don't have enough resources to make that happen for themselves.
2: Yeah. Hey, um, I got some good news and I got some bad news. Oh boy. I'm gonna give you the good news first. Okay. The good news is the the game is still up for grabs. Yeah. Okay. You might win your prediction with the Bears winning. <laughs> I might win my prediction with the with the Vikings winning.
1: I don't think any of us are winners in this game. This is terrible. Well, that,
2: that that's the good news. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna give you the bad news. Oh boy, our
1: scores <laughs> way off. Yeah, yeah. Time to put the Madden controllers hey, down. Who first team to score a touchdown wins? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that's rate. the way that we're trending right now tonight. Do you think there's people in the stadium that are asleep right now? I would be. I can't lie to you. There's been games, there's been athletic events, specifically twins games, where I've fallen asleep because it's just been a snooze fest.
2: This legitimately might be the worst performance that we've seen all year long from the Vikings. Yeah, this is bad. I think this is the last primetime matchup we get. Yeah, we need to stop with these.
1: <laughs> this isn't a Kirk Cousins issue. This is a Vikings issue with primetime. Let's stop.
2: <sighs> oh, man. <laughs> all right, that's going to wrap up the show. Thanks to Josh Wheeler for being on the show. Thanks to Vanita, uh, Vanita Sakhar for being on the show. Thank you to Jesse Pierce for being on as well with the, uh, the news of the day with uh, Dean Ebbison no longer being the K coach of the Minnesota Wild. I will talk to you guys tomorrow night, hopefully after <laughs> the Vikings win the night. Tomorrow, 6 until 9, right here on the Good Neighbor News Talk, 830-WCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,